Hi, everybody. Thanks for joining us uh, for another episode. I'm Sarah Hazi. And I am Mike Marani. And I'm Antonio Mayo. Great. And this week, it's a really special week for, for us. Um, we had the chance, it's the last week in March 2022, and we had the chance to participate in a virtual MVP summit this week. So in honor of that, we wanted to really do a session about um, our experiences becoming MVPs, what it means to us, what we think it means for Microsoft and the community at large. So I think we're going to talk about being an MVP or becoming an MVP this week. So it's a good time for that. I just finished the MVP summit today. It's always good to talk about MVPs and what we do and what are we excited about. Okay. always the highlight, at least one of the highlights of the year for us, not only because we get to learn a lot about Microsoft products and meet the product team, but just getting to connect with other people in the community, um, spend time with folks, build friendships, uh, mm -hmm. build connections at Microsoft that help us in our careers, and help us to help customers with um, uh, the products that we champion. So yeah, MVP Summit's an awesome event. That's right, and that's about how much we can say about MVP Summit, because all the rest is sort of... Um, NDA. NDA. <laughs> yeah. That's just the, uh, the good thing about it, and it's, uh, it's like a teaser. Like, there's so many, we learn a lot of things, a lot of cool things. We are under NDA, we can't share anything. We just have to wait and always go and check uh, the public announcements before we can share anything that we've learned in the past. That's we right. can make statements that um, are are horribly informative, like everyone's going to love it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so, and and they do take the NDA really seriously. Yeah, like, they do. I don't know if you guys have seen this, but I've been in sessions at MVP Summit where they've seen someone recording the session and ask them to leave and when that happens you get thrown out of the mvp program i don't think you ever get to come back i'm not sure about that last part but they take the nda really seriously so you do have to respect it yeah and uh, yeah we've we've seen it if you try to take pictures like screenshots we don't benefit just because you don't want to type it or, or, or write it down it just probably is like you're not you can't take pictures that's right mm -hmm. yeah. right and you have to be really uh, concerned with and focused on what you're communicating because that NDA is taken very seriously. You can't have a one-off sideline conversation um, or um, certainly social media, things like that. Um, but I, I think that um, a good place to start is maybe um, how you became, how we became MVPs and kind of what it means to us and um where we think it has a place in the ecosystem of Microsoft 365 and really kind of the community at large. Good idea. So Antonio, uh, you are our first MVP, I think. Why don't you start first? Sure. So I've been part of the MVP program for 10 years. Um, and um, let's see, how did I first come to the MVP program? So back in 2012, um, I was working at a software company um, here in Ottawa, where I live, and I was um, uh, working on a particular product that they had for SharePoint, and this was SharePoint on-prem in those days, of course. And I was spending a lot of time at um, uh, conferences, and I noticed a lot of the sessions that I was going to were given by people that called themselves Microsoft MVP. So I kind of looked into what the program was and what they did, and I, I realized quickly um, what a tight-knit community it was. 
Um, and I liked what I saw, so I thought, well, I'm going to try to speak at conferences. Um, and uh, the first conference that I submitted a session to was um, SharePoint Summit that took place in Toronto in, I think, 2012. And I was amazed when they accepted my submission. I thought, awesome. So I went and I gave the session and it went really well. I had a packed room. I think I was talking about SharePoint permissions at the time. And um, I did more of those and more of those, more of those, more of those. And the CEO of that company um, recommended me for an MVP award uh, on the website, actually, on the Microsoft website. And uh, a few weeks later, Microsoft contacted me, asked me to provide all of the contributions that I had made. Uh, and uh, a few months later, I was I received an MVP award, which was amazing. I certainly didn't expect it, but it was um, pretty cool when it happened. And Sarah, how about you? How long have you been an MVP and how did um, you? I've been an MVP four years. Um, and uh, and it's really interesting. So I come from a background um, similar, started doing presentations in the SharePoint space. I don't want to say how long ago, um, a while, um, maybe even before you, uh, before 2012. Um, I don't know if I want to say how long, but for quite some time and, and I helped have helped organize SharePoint Saturday Twin Cities events for many years. I can't even recall how many, over 10 years, um, and uh, do a lot of blogging and other things. And what's interesting is that um, I've had a few conversations with people who um, are in the community space, meaning they create content, they answer public forum questions, they do podcasts or blogs, or they speak at events and user groups, or they run a user group. Um, I was actually nominated for uh, an MVP award, I think, twice. The first time I was nominated and I submitted community activities and I didn't get the Microsoft MVP award. And then the second time I submitted community activities and I did. So I think that there's something important to be said for. Um, it's it sometimes is something that goes really quickly. But there are also people I know who have been really active in the community and that maybe it takes a little bit more time or maybe they have to be nominated more than one time. Um, and I think that that's certainly OK, too. There isn't a single path. I think that there can sometimes be a multitude of paths. Um, and the other thing that I also think is really important is that you can be nominated by someone else, but I think you can self nominate now. Yeah. Can't you? Yeah, um, anymore. Not anymore. You used to be. Now you have to be nominated by Microsoft or another MVP. Or another MVP. Um, one of the things that I think is important to mention, um, well, I'll hold that because maybe a whole separate theme after we talk a little bit about you, Mike, is paths to becoming an MVP. So I'm going to hold that thought. Mike, tell us about you and your journey to becoming an um, MVP. It's been seven years, actually. This is my seventh year going on to eighth, becoming an MVP. So back in 2015, a good friend, another MVP nominated me. But uh, I started the community activity way before that. I remember my first my first speaking at a conference was in 2007. It was a local. That's back then when Microsoft, the release of, of Moss, of SharePoint 2007, they were doing events across North America. So that was my first uh, conference in, uh, with Microsoft Ottawa. Uh, so I was, I was quite a bit involved a bit in the, in the community, just speaking in different conferences at the SharePoint Summit in Canada, but I wasn't really focused on it. I had different focus. I was growing a business. I had my own company and I was not really dedicated to uh, to contribute a lot to community activities. Um, 
So I would do a few sessions uh, every year, like probably every couple of months I'll speak somewhere, uh, blog here and there, just and, 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 and respond to some of these MSDN posts. And uh, But I really wasn't paying attention to it much up until 2013 when I, I, I sold previous business and I and a friend said, why don't you become an MVP? You've been putting a lot of community activities. I'm like, yeah, it's not a bad thing. Actually, I developed already a lot of friends in the MVP community, so I've known quite a bit of uh, friends. Then Antonio was one of them as well, so being in the same city. So, uh, yeah, like, okay, well, that's probably a good time right now. I can focus on, you know, doing more community contributions and speaking more and blogging more. And, um, yeah, they... Um, I got introduced to the MVP lead in Canada and told me, yes, you're ready for it. So just submit, make sure you you have your submissions for the past 12 months and submit your, by that date. Back then it used to be every quarter. Uh, so I submitted for a January 2015 and I, uh, I, I was surprised that I got it. I did not think I'd get it, but uh, yeah, I've been an MVP since then. Awesome. And I'll add just a little bit to my little my little background. I had done a lot of conference speaking before that 2012, just not on a particular Microsoft product. It was a lot of other topics, a lot of other conferences I spoke at. But I didn't just start speaking in 2012. I was just focused on the SharePoint community at the time. That was kind of when I started that focus. And I love that both of you are willing to talk about how long you've been doing that for me. I just said a long time. I'll leave it at that. So um, I do talk to quite a few people about um, paths to becoming, and I often get asked this, like what's what's the best path to become an MVP? Um, which I think is an interesting question. And um, maybe the way to start that is to talk about what we mean when we say community activities, because it's a very specific phrase that means something to us as MVPs, but I think it might be good to define it for, ever, for everyone listening in. Yeah, um, the way I look at it is uh, you are contributing to a group of people, whatever. The community does not have to be your hometown. That's how I look at it. So you are sharing the knowledge with others for free. You're not getting paid for it. Uh, you have a passion. You definitely have to have a passion. Otherwise, you just don't do it. Uh, and then you are sharing your knowledge with other people. You're teaching them, teaching them about whatever technology it is whether you're speaking or whether you're blogging, whether you're doing podcasts, whether you're setting up an event, it's just, it's, it's, a, it's an activity that allows you to share that knowledge that you have with others that don't know it. It's a really good definition because it can be virtual or in-person help. You could host uh, a virtual coffee chat where people come and talk about Microsoft 365 or about a specific product, for example, SharePoint, and kind of put it out there on social media and invite people at large to come and just uh, and you schedule and maybe you do light facilitation. But that's a community activity because you're giving back. You're you're fostering learning or a conversation or some kind of a, yeah. a net gain. Yeah. Um, uh, so I've been over the last year, I've been mentoring one of my colleagues here on um, uh, becoming a Microsoft MVP. He he very much wanted to, and I've been working with him over the last year. And one of the things he did is exactly what you just described, Sarah. He basically set up um, clubhouse calls every Friday evening 
Friday evening um, that he posted on one of the Microsoft support sites for Empower Platform and Business Applications. And basically, anybody could come and join, and he would help them with whatever Power Platform issue that they have. And he's been doing this for a year, every Friday evening, and he's a machine. He's just had so many people join and help and provide just great feedback to him on just the help that he gives them and his technical help that he's given them on whatever issue they're running into on the Power Platform. And he just received his MVP award, I think it was three or four weeks ago. So yeah, it could be things like that. It could be blogging. All of us have done blogging in the past. Um, Sarah, you've been phenomenal at blogging over the last year, um, a couple of years actually. Uh, what else? Um, certainly conference speaking, user group speaking, organizing conferences. That's certainly a, a meaningful and um, very, uh, sorry, a community contribution that requires a lot of hard work, organize a conference. Um, what else? Providing feedback to Microsoft um, with product group interactions. Microsoft sometimes has product group interactions where you can join and provide feedback related to particular products. Mm -hmm. um, what else? A lot of the forums where people post technical questions, responding and providing answers there, um, and people rate the answers, those count as community contributions. Exactly. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of different types of contributions. Um, the, the one I enjoy the most is the, the forums or the tech community.microsoft.com. Even though I haven't been contributing much lately just for lack of time, but it is, for me, it is fun just to go and you watch all the answers, all the questions, and you pick what answer, what question you're most comfortable with because you've done it and you've seen it and you have a solution for it and you answer it and they basically you're helping not only that person, maybe millions, hundreds of thousands, or whoever goes into that tech community and, and reads it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So just as there are su such a wide variety, right? If you can dream it uh, and you can then really, that's uh, anything you can dream of that's giving back to the community for free, um, because that's the idea, right? We're not selling um, the community activities. They're available, you know, for free uh, for people to learn. But um, much the same way that there are an endless array of community activities that you could do, there are a lot of different paths for people to become MVPs. Um, and they don't have to become um, a conference speaker to become an MVP, although you see a lot of MVPs that speak at conferences. Um, similarly, you don't have to uh, become a podcaster if that's not something that you're comfortable with or a blogger. Um, I know MVPs that um, really got to being MVPs by really doing those clubhouse sessions, hosting Q&A events, answering forum questions, because that's what they enjoy doing. So there are a lot of different paths, um, but I do think it's important to maybe build relationships. If you're interested in becoming an MVP, I do think it's important to have conversations with Microsoft, um, you know, uh, community managers, product team members, things like that, or other MVPs to ask questions um, and maybe to help gain insight because they could help you get some perspective on maybe different ways that you might contribute and help yourself stand out a little bit in those contributions. I think that's a great point. Uh, making those connections with Microsoft people if you're not already in the MVP program, it can be really hard to do. Like as part of the MVP program for us, we're often introduced to Microsoft people or sometimes they're reaching out to us. So I find it's easier now for us to make those connections. But for someone that hasn't, what I've found is really helpful for making connections with folks at Microsoft is just um, knowing what Microsoft product you're passionate about 
and then finding the people on for me i've found on twitter finding the people on twitter that work at microsoft that work on those products that are our community leaders in those products or who point post announcements about those products and just connect with them there and follow those tweets follow those articles and try to reply back there with feedback if you have any because that can certainly be seen as you know if you're providing constructive feedback as really helpful and that can help to form those relationships with people because they get to know you right if you're constantly providing a feedback on a product that you're passionate about trying to improve it or giving kudos when something is really good um, they remember you and they get to know you and really help you form those connections in Microsoft. Sure. And just to kind of wrap up this specific topic about becoming an MVP, um, you have to, if you, if anyone interested in becoming an MVP, you have to focus on a category. Uh, you just, uh, you go to the mvp.microsoft.com and there's all the categories there uh, and you focus on a specific category for us, for example, office apps and services. And you contribute based on what we've talked to you about, about all the different different ways to contribute to that. But you need to focus on that category. Uh, that's how you can become an MVP. And you have to log those those activities for the past 12 months and someone will have to nominate you and then um, and then you'll become an MVP. So, but you need to have to focus on one, unless you're a superstar and I've, I've known some MVPs that they have a couple of categories and MVPs in a couple of categories. It's difficult. It's not easy because you're putting a lot of efforts there. Focus on one and then keep keep a track of them for the past 12 months and definitely you'll become an MVP. Definitely, you should. I think that keeping track of activities, like if, you're, if you really do want to become part of the program, because there's a lot of benefit to being part of the program, it is, like Mike said, to track the activities to actually you know, keep a running list of all your contributions, the number of people you impacted, the number of people that were in um, your session, if you gave a conference session, or the number of views on your blog, um, uh, uh, URL to the actual, you know, blog article or um, um, uh, something about the session, uh, you know, description of the session that was posted, that type of thing. It's important to track all of that over the last year because you're going to be asked to submit all of that so that they can go verify your contributions as well. And you said something very important, the URL. Uh, Microsoft requires an evidence. So if you have a live URL, you, you put it in, or you typically what I do, if the URL is no longer valid, for example, if, was, if I was a speaker at a, session, at, a, at a conference and the conference changed for a different different, different year, I just take a, take a picture of, of, of uh, the email I had or a picture of my session, share it from my OneDrive, and just put that URL in. But definitely, you have to keep track of uh, of what you've done and an evidence so Microsoft can validate that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, the MVP program used to be about, like, I remember the original description was about providing deep technical knowledge on a particular product or product category. I think that has evolved over time, and it's not always deep technical knowledge, although that is still very much appreciated and I think respected. It is also about topics that help people to understand how to best roll out a product, how to mm -hmm. best adopt a product, foster mm -hmm. its usage, grow its usage, um, mm -hmm. understand the business context of a product. All of those things also are, are very important and matter when it comes to these kinds of programs. Mm -hmm. Agreed. And community service. And the wonderful thing about the MVP program is um, I would also think about if you're interested in becoming an MVP, think about what you're passionate about. Think about what your strengths are. 
Um, are you a great organizer? Are you a great um, verbal communicator? Are you a great um, written communicator? But make sure that you're thinking about what you're passionate about, and then you engage in the community activities that you get excited to do, um, whatever those might be. Uh, I also think that there's an element of personal brand. Uh, you want people to recognize uh, the value that you provide in the Microsoft 365 ecosystem. If I'm going to think about, for example, uh, a round robin of the three of us and, and what we focus on and what we do, when I think about Mike and I think about Antonio, I think about different specialty areas within Microsoft 365. And it's really that brand. You might speak and do topics on many different things, right? But you know, Antonio is very well known for security, compliance, MIP expertise that's fast and deep, right? And Mike very much about migrations and about OneDrive um, and having a lot of experience in that. So I think it's important to think about that personal brand because it is what will differentiate you from other people that might be um, submitting to become MVPs as well. Definitely. Very much, and, and Sarah, I think your, your specialty areas lie in um, User adoption, Yammer, um, certainly MIP now as well. Um, what else? What else do you focus on? <laughs> Lots of other topics. Uh, we we know so, a whole lot about see. MVP now. Um, I know a whole lot about MVP, certainly more than I did a year ago or two years ago. Um, and it doesn't mean that you can't morph, right? Um, I think when I first started in the community, I did a lot of ROI return on investment work for organizations, but I don't speak about that nearly so often anymore because there is a level of you kind of get new passions or new things that you want to engage in or different topics. But I know people who are MVPs that are all about power apps and that's what they focus on are power apps because that's what they're really passionate about. So you can be broad uh, or you can be very specific. I don't think either one is going to get you to be an MVP faster. It's more about how you give back. Exactly. Yeah. And it has a lot of perks also to become to be being an MVP, and we uh, uh, we interact a lot with the product group. Uh, we provide feedback. Uh, we get early uh, early access to all the upcoming new features um, just because they want our feedback. So uh, it's it's great to be part of the community. We develop friendships. I have developed so many friends uh, becoming an MVP. You have that um, that good connections with with few few uh, few MVPs uh, but the uh, what I enjoy the most is just getting on a, on an MVP call with uh, with the product group and seeing what they have to offer and giving them feedback or if there is a bug uh, that I have encountered with a, with a client and that's where we bring the value of become being an MVP to our clients is there's a bug yes we can log it with the support ticket but we can go and send it to the product group to engineer and see what's going on, if we can get it resolved faster or maybe something would go wrong. So it has it has a little bit of advantage. It's uh it's it's good to it has it has advantages, it has a lot of uh cool things around it as well that I think that it's it's good to be because you just have that the relationship that if you're not an MVP you may not have that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think one of the things that I enjoy often is um when I discover a bug in the product or I have a piece of feedback from a customer that that I feel is really important and I communicate it to the product team and they actually go in and make a change to fix it or address it and I see it shortly after reporting it I'm like wow like 
I did that. Like I, I told them about that and they fixed it. Uh, that's always really exciting and fun. And one of the best perks I think uh, uh, is, um, is, is what I call the phone a friend. Um, or in, in this case, it's also tends to be a lot of the friends that I phone when I've got a Microsoft 365 problem uh, that I cannot figure out. And it's an important one that I have to figure out. Um, phone a friend, those friends often often are also MVPs. Um, so it really does help when you have an MIP problem, you don't know who to call. Well, now you do. Um, and I've actually done that before. So many times, could have been last month, um, but uh, it's a great program. I definitely think it, um, you get out of it, what you put, you get out of it much more than you put into it. Yeah. Um, but I think it's important to go into it with that thought of service. Yeah. And Go ahead, Michael. Sorry. Uh, and I was going to say that for me, one of the big enjoyment for me is just giving back and just not saying that because we do give back. But I became I started specializing in Microsoft because someone was teaching me from Microsoft, spending hours, free time, free time just to teach me back in the days in 2001 about content management server. Uh, he'd send me books. Back then, there's not much blogs and not much online stuff. Uh, and it would be on the call two, three hours at a time just teaching me how to be an expert in content management service. Uh, so that kind of stayed with me for a while, although became an MVP more than a decade after. But I just want to give back because I've learned, became successful, I think, just learning from that person. Of course, you just put your mm -hmm. own efforts in, but uh, it just it resided with me well that I want to give back because I was taught that way. Mm -hmm. 100%. I was going to ask, do you guys, so to go around the horn, do you guys have any funny stories as part of the MVP program that happened to you that you remember from either an MVP summit or as a result in the MVP program? Other, th other than meeting the both of you? Apparently <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. I'll start. I'll start one. Then you get it. Well, you guys can think of because I've got one. Um, so it was, I think, 2014 or 2015, we were at MVP Summit, and MVP Summit is like a mini conference where the Microsoft product people organize a bunch of sessions that you attend on different topics. And one of them was an Ask Me Anything session where um, it was designed for the MVPs to give the product team leadership feedback. So you had, you know, the, the directors and the group managers um, up at the front, and basically Anyone in the audience could stand up and give them some feedback or ask a question or whatever. And the Microsoft decided to bring in beer for this session. So they had beer there and make it a relaxed atmosphere. Um, so we're all sitting what there. What could go wrong? What could go wrong? So we're all sitting there drinking. And, you know, you start to get from some of the people uh, at the front when, when you ask a hard question, right? Sometimes the, the answer is, oh, that's really good feedback. I'll have to think about that. So we turned into a drinking game, and anytime one of them said, that's good feedback, we would take a drink. Never, ever, ever at any event create a drinking game off of somebody answering a question about M365 with it depends. Yeah. Oh, that was another one. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so that was that was my funny story. You guys? Uh, I can't think of anything I can think of many, but not that I'm going to share on a podcast because I don't yeah. think the people that the stories are about would appreciate that. 
Yeah, there's a lot of personal stories in the MVP Summit that you should not be sharing on podcasts. Yes. That's right. I think those are under NDA. Um, it is a it is a great program though, and it's definitely um, it's it's definitely been a great opportunity to be able to engage in different ways with Microsoft and with other professionals that are really interested in the same things. Um, if there's something that I think that people don't necessarily understand, it's why you would give your personal time. But I used to hear the same thing about things like SharePoint Saturdays back in the day. Why would I go talk, listen to SharePoint on a Saturday? But those people who are really into it are like, I'd give a Saturday for this every other week because uh, they're so passionate about it and they want to learn about it. So I think that um, it's magic for those that are really passionate about it. And we meet our best friends often as part of the program. Like it's one thing I've been really impressed with the program in Microsoft is just how tight knit a community this is, um, how much we all know each other. Um, we spend tons of time together. We become friends. We become each other's best friends in the world often. Um, and it's just, it's nice to have that. Like that is part of what I get out of it or what I enjoy. And it is meeting people, making friends with people, being able to geek out and talk about technology with people because I find it fun. And, you know, Sarah, like you said, have someone to to call when you've got issues, right? Have, uh, you know, pick up the phone and call a friend because you've got a question you don't have an answer to. Um, you've got lots of technical experts who are your best friends that you can reach out to. So all that is awesome. All right, great topic and clearly one that we're passionate about because I think it's a supersized episode um, talking about our experiences and our journey and thoughts on how people can um, share that journey to become an MVP. So thank you so much for listening. We hope you have a great week. Thanks, everyone.